You are listening to Boku No Stop, an anime podcast that decided to make the men get naked this week. I'm your host, Sybil Arnett, and with me is... Matt, and uh, we do love our uh, equal opportunity representation, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and I'm Garrett, and I don't remember that <laughs> happening, but I'm sure it did. Do you, do you just not remember that Goemon is barely wearing anything for the last half of this? Yeah, but he's still wearing... He's not, like, nude-nude in a box of lube. Like, from, like, the chest up, sure, but, like, I was more like, oh my god, how is this so fucking gory? It is so gory. Yes, today we are talking about the Lupin the Third OVA Goemon's Blood Spray, and, uh, extreme content warnings for today's batch, including ultraviolence, decapitation, gnarly, lovingly rendered injuries, and weed. That last one is important. Yeah. I still, <laughs> I'm going to be real. When that scene happened, uh-huh. I was very surprised because I thought, oh, they're going to backtrack their way out of this. This is a 50 year anniversary thing for Lupin. Nope. We're going to show it. And then we're going to show Lupin's red, red eyes. <laughs> uh, it was uh, really something. God, yeah. And the funny thing is, I I watched this right before I watched. I went back and watched uh, Jigen's gravestone, and uh, <laughs> incredible whiplash between the two. <laughs> Just a little bit. I think I know what your thoughts were on uh, Jigen's gravestone, but please just give us the brief. Yeah. So uh, that was the worst uh, Bioshock fanfic I've ever seen. I knew it was going to be Bioshock, <laughs> but I didn't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> Fuck me, man. That was That's that was fair. a lot. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> and yet that a lot was only one subplot. That's the funniest part. That's the part you take that out and you're like, oh, it was pretty, pretty good. Not a lot of I mean, yeah, there's some interesting stuff like uh, all the gun porn was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, oh, good God. What the fuck was that? <laughs> so you're saying you didn't enjoy your week off in the glass fishbowl? no actually actually funny funny side note uh so the the frat room that i lived in for two years uh, was named fishbowl uh it was at the corner at the front and you could like look into the room uh from the front yard and uh i got into a bit of trouble with that once uh that was a thing so yeah Mm. boy that was a lot uh and also it just kind of with Fujiko, it just ties into the problem that we, you know, especially Gary, that you raised with the series, which is uh, she gets caught a lot and then basically bailed out by Lupin and then tries to play it off like she was badass the whole time. And it's like, no, you were. Yeah, you were in a lot of trouble, actually. And uh, that was also really gross. <laughs> I agree. I, I like how this is somehow like the best Fujiko has probably been portrayed in anything we've watched. Oh, yeah. But also, she's like very little. Like a very small part of it, uh, which like, is probably how it turned out like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, no, not a single titty, not a single exposed titty in this entire movie. Uh, That's true. Incredible. It, it, it was close. Like the the like the one part of her top was cut for like eighty percent of her showing. Yeah, like that's yeah. as far as it went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, so we kick it off with uh, scenes from 
a really nice manor out in some field somewhere. We don't know where exactly. And uh, we see a big burly dude. Uh, you can just imagine it's a, what's his name? Graham from G Gundam, the Canadian guy. He's mm. basically a Canadian Jaws, is this motherfucker. Uh, his name is Hawk. And uh, he's there, he's chopping wood with his axes. And uh, this young girl, whose name is uh, Lady Salfa, uh, comes in and says, hey, you know, like he picks her up, swings her around, and she's like, by the way, uh, daddy's got a job for you. Yeah, and uh, we don't know where um, what he does next, but uh, he heads off to his next gig. And we, we know nothing about this guy other than he looks, you know, extremely lumberjack. He's a lumberjack cowboy hybrid with the hat that he's constantly doffing. And and he's got Jaws teeth, like metal Jaws teeth, like Jaws from from um, the yeah, Bond from James films. Bond. But James it never just comes to, be clear. to anything. No, that just is. That's just what he's like. Yeah, yeah. That's just it's just a part of him. It, it probably plays into his backstory somehow or something. He doesn't bite a single thing. No, I wild. was expecting it too. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of a. a you think it would be a, you know, Chekhov's grill, but no. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that uh, we cut to a sick Chinese dragon themed uh, cruise ship um, where it is a place it's basically a fancy gambling uh, riverboat and uh, Lupin of course is on board um, Goemon is working as security for the probably Yakuza they're, they're guys in all black suits um, the steel dragons and, and they run the ship um, and then we see a gentleman in the casino who is cheating at cards and security catches him. As he is being pummeled by the men in black in their office, a colorful crew with weapons of their own come in, the Tiger Blade Yakuza. One of the black suits, Saigo, says perhaps they should all back down and be peaceful. When the Tiger Blades are not dissuaded by this, Saigo proceeds to draw a metal rod and begins just going to town on the whole crew, cracking skulls and aiming for ribs. Uh, these two, I forget their names. Like, they they look like twins. They're both, like, really ugly-looking motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're, like, so gleefully scene-chewing. Like, they're, they're actually a lot of fun, even though they're complete psychos. Yeah. Yeah. No, the... Uh, yeah. uh, the Shitano of the Steel Dragons are fucking crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. They add a lot of color to what would otherwise be very, you know, uninteresting side characters. Yeah, it turns out when you have the guy behind Redline just doing uh, two mafias who barely show up, you can go all out with things to make them stand out. Like, ah, yes, every one of them has different facial scars that will uh -huh. highlight them in brief. Uh, we see another one of them whip out a chain, which he uses to grab a pair of the Tiger Blade men at once. And all of them just straight up run away if their skull hasn't been cracked or if they're not choking in the immediate moment. And the lieutenants are just making fun of Goemon for this. Why do we even got this guy? He didn't even draw his sword. But one of the Tiger Blade who has been injured on the floor tries to take a shot at the chairman. And this is where the samurai leaps forward and half unsheathes his blade, slicing the bullet mid-flip, 
before dismantling the gun in a few chops. I like that he also uses the uh, the scabbard, like the edge of the scabbard, to hit the guy under the chin. Like the choreography of this move is like really sick. It's going to be very hard to discuss uh-huh. in this, but please note: anytime we're talking about Goemon drawing his blade, something impressive is happening on the screen. That's very true. Oh yeah, yeah. With security informed uh, to watch out for more trouble, Lupin takes this moment to descend from the ceiling elsewhere and knock out some guards. He then sees the vault before him, uh, which is covered in shifting infrared beams. Uh, he then calls out to Jigen over, uh, I guess it's a radio, mm-hmm. uh, who is looking pretty, pretty fly. Like, like Jigen looks good. Uh, Jigen could get it in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He oh, looks okay, like Sib- if Sybil. he Let's looks like if young Gendo got into fashion. <laughs> well, I mean, look, last in the previous movie, he's talking about his suits and like he's got decent taste. Uh, yeah, it's just true. normally he's wearing them the sloppiest fashion possible. This is him without the hat, with mm-hmm. very nice sunglasses, beard all done up in a tight black suit just walking around like he owns the place, could be one of the Steel Dragons. Damn! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like that you specifically that's... brought up the hat, just, just you know, bring to the point that that's probably everything that's wrong with any time he has it on. It's also the fact that this is a, a tight, pressed suit. Normally, he's got the tie loose around his neck, everything's dangling... It's just a matter of different. He cleans up good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the aesthetics uh, continue to be like completely on point. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely, uh, he's he's playing the role. He's wearing it well. Uh, so he gets a signal from uh, Lupin, and he and he like unplug something and all the lasers go off and so Lupin approaches the door and it turns out that the lock is already picked and then he looks up he's like and sees like a rope coming down from the ceiling in front of uh, the door and he's like ah fuck she's here uh, inside Fujiko is uh, you know she's wearing a nice cat suit as she usually does uh, and a neon wig and she's just shoveling piles of cash because so like we didn't mention this like people are gambling but they're not gambling with chips they're just gambling with bundles of cash yes and so so here's a, a a room that's just full stacked full of it and she's just dumping it in a bag and uh Lupin's like oh hey you need some help you can't carry all that on your own why don't we say we split this 50 50 uh and then as they're sort of bickering back and forth, the ship begins to quake. And uh, yeah, I, I think this is where Lufan says like, oh, no, no, that, that happens later. I'll just, you can cut that. So as the ship uh, begins to quake, uh, all across the vessel, uh, people um, take notice on the casino floor, um, in the Yakuza penthouse, and in the vault itself. Um, Goemon leaves to investigate, um, Lupin accused uh, Fujiko of having set off too many explosions in the ship, um, but she very kindly informs him that she only placed one bomb, um, setting it off, destroying a wall so they can escape. Um, Goemon um, continues and descends into the engine room, 
where there is Hawk just hacking at the mechanicals of the ship with these two twin axes that are fairly large and it's fairly impressive. He's just hacking away at like this, what, like metal outer coating and getting to like the, the wires beneath them. Um, so instead of responding to um, the samurai's threat, um, Hawk kind of just drops his weapon and lights a cigar off said um, sparking machinery um, that he hacked through. Um, a grin lets us see Hawk's mouth with his um, metal teeth that we have discussed previously. Um, before the two can exchange more than a what do you want, um, everything begins uh, exploding. Um, the cowboy catches a piece of shrapnel out of the air with his bare hands, tossing it aside. And by piece of shrapnel, it's pretty much the entirety of a pillar. Mm-hmm. The piece of shrapnel is underselling it. He grabs a big ass chunk of me- like the wing of a plane style chunk of metal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, above them, the steel dragons begin making their way to safety as the ship starts rocking further, but an explosion just takes out the whole back half of the ship, and this traps the chairman under flaming debris. His Shitano abandon him, declaring he is as good as dead, and all being a little bit uh, sinister about it because he's going, Where, where's Goemon? Where's Goemon? Rather than waiting for these four sadists to do anything. And below them, we see Hawk walk out of the flaming hole in the side of the ship with his axes in hand. Chigen, Lupin, Fujiko, and a lot of bags of bunny hop into a lifeboat and get out of dodge, but not before Fujiko thinks she recognizes the massive looming silhouette fighting Goemon above. And the pair battle to a standstill, but when Hawk sees Lupin in the boat, he hacks another lifeboat down, dives after it, and takes off. The next morning, the firefighters uh, extinguish the boat, and Zenigata pulls up where the crew are, like, cataloging the wounded and the dead. And, like, a, a lot of the dead bodies are just absolutely roasted. Uh, is it, They're basically like, there's just going to be, like, no real way to identify these people. Dead and, records, uh, buddy. Dental is the only one. Yep. Uh, But he is only interested in a single man, seeing if he is among the dead. And he shows a photo of Hawk in what looks like American military garb. And the emergency teams don't recognize the photos at all, uh, mostly because everyone is burned to death anyway, though they probably could have been able to tell by build if they were close. Oh, yeah. uh, but Zenigata says he'll check anyway. Uh, they do ask who the guy in the photo is, though, and he mutters that it is the ghost of Bermuda. Uh, we then cut to a bar where Hawk is just absolutely slurping down an enormous plate of ribs. He and eats the bones at one point. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, I noticed that, too, that one of the bones just goes down his gullet. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's just, everyone is just staring at this, like absolutely horrified. And I'm just thinking like, where are they that you would get a, like a big rack of barbecue ribs just, you know, on a restaurant, like down the street. 
my favorite part of this is we will come to learn we're just in Japan. We're off the coast. <laughs> this is a rib joint in I Japan. Know. Uh-huh. It's very good. It's, yeah. it's an extremely American looking bar or like diner kind of vibe. Yeah. If you had told me this entire OVA was set just off the coast of New Orleans, I'd believe it. What with the riverboat and all the ribs and the motorcycles everywhere. And then later on, we're going to find out, no, this whole thing's just been uh, off the Edo River. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, at a certain point, it starts being like, oh, yeah, this is definitely very Japanese, especially, like, you know, like the temple, like the Buddhist yeah. temple. Uh, but, like, even before then, like the forests and stuff. Nah, <laughs> it's real silly. Uh, but, hey, you know what? You know what? If they can get a rib joint in Japan, I'm sure it would do awesome because, like, you're not going to see that in a lot of places. Well, he That's just true. put them out of business by eating every rib in the building. Well, he paid for it, right? Did he pay Assumably. for it? Assumably. I don't know if we know he paid for it. He steals a motorcycle to flee. Oh, sure, sure. But, he, you know, it wasn't a motorcycle shop. He wasn't going to be able to pay for that motorcycle. <laughs> uh, it would be very funny if they like, they like, oh, he's like, oh, yeah, that guy uh, gets my bill. <laughs> And then we just hard fucking cut to uh, Fujiko just taking a hit off of a bong and telling yep. <laughs> the rest of the crew about Hawk's backstory. Um, and then, it's so funny. They play it so straight. Yeah. That's just a matter of fact. Look, that's like one of the things Fujiko is good at. Thieving, stealing, drugging. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh we also shortly learn that Lupin is also blazed as hell, and his eyes are crimson. And um, he's drunk as fuck. Yeah, and he's also drunk as fuck. Um, we learn that Hawk was a one-man super soldier, said to have taken down an army of 2,000 men solo, and he was pronounced dead when they dropped some sort of explosion over him on Bermuda, possibly. <laughs> Details, details vague. Um, Zenigawa, um, meanwhile, follows um, his trail to the bar where the bartender recognizes the, the photo and says he downed 10 portions of ribs for breakfast before stealing a bike from one of the locals. Zenigawa then phones home and is told to stop pursuing the case over protests. Um, Zenigawa then kind of just quote-unquote, loses connection by hanging up the phone, um, muttering that the rot has begun to spread. Mm -hmm. And from here, we cut to the funeral service of Chairman Makio Inaniwa of the Steel Dragons. Goemon arrives to pay his respects, but the four lieutenants are blaming him for the man's death, and the boss's son, now in charge of the family, says that Goemon will have three days to bring in the man who led this attack, or his own life is forfeit. The samurai agrees, saying he had already planned to settle the score, and the lieutenant shit-talk him as he leaves, with the young boss telling them to stay put. One way or another, in three days, it's their business if he fails. Yeah, it's just very funny. They're like, hey, why aren't you protecting him? It's not like we did either. We were right there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we cut to Fujiko making um, noises, um, <laughs> sex-esque noises, and uh, Jigen tells her to, uh, 
like turn it down like and she teases him a bit it's like oh oh is this turning you odd <laughs> and it turns out lupin is uh giving her a back massage and uh you know, he's like, hey, this wasn't really what I had in mind. I was thinking something where we could, you know, both uh, enjoy ourselves. And then Hawk smashes through the window on a motorcycle, uh, crashing it and sticking it into the wall. And he uh, cushions himself on the massive stack of cash the thieves have in the middle of the room. Uh, he's very uh, languid in his statement uh, when he gets up. He says, oh, I'm going to. Your guys are going to make a really good fertilizer. But uh, Jiga then draws on the cowboy slash lumberjack. But uh, unfortunately, uh, axes can deflect bullets and they get deflected right back into Jiga. <laughs> uh, then Fujiko and Jiga haul themselves out of the suite. Uh, Lupin protests, saying, but we have this giant thing of money. And they're like, well, <laughs> all right, so you can die with it. Have fun spending it in hell. <laughs> Uh, so they, he, he comes up and, uh, they, well, two of them make it to a car, uh, like the roadster, uh, was the, was the roadster in this movie earlier? Or am I thinking last, the previous movie? That was the previous, this is just the first time we see them with any kind of vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Hawk, uh, before he leaves, he lights a cigar, you know, and he, he does this thing, you know, he has like the, um, light anywhere matches that he just flicks with his thumb. Uh, and it's badass. Uh, he lights a cigar, then leaves it on the bike, which is still sticking out of the wall. And as the <laughs> fuel comes down, uh, it'll it'll come to be ignited by the cigar and light all the money on fire. Yep. Uh, and then Jigen and Lupin uh, get to their car. Um, but Fujiko's dash for her bike is interrupted by an axe thrown at her leg. Uh, this was the warning axe. Um, the trio then hop into the convertible and peel out as Hawk hijacks the chopper and uh, the gas leaking from the pyre uh, bike detonates the room from above. I also want to mention the finesse that Hawk has with this axe to just like cut the the shielding of these wires as he goes to hotwire this bike. Yeah, we mm -hmm. we're selling him as this large lumbering beast, but. He's pretty impressive with these axes, as Garrett just mentioned. He is finally using these two massive people-sized weapons to deal with tiny machinery. Um, mm -hmm. he, he has very fine control with these. At one point, he is just slamming them into a car, and he is managing to very carefully okay. use that to corral everyone inside where he wants them. That's true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He is very good with his axes. Mm -hmm. uh, Goemon hears um, the, the explosions and runs towards their direction. Um, elsewhere, uh, Zenigawa is listening to a police scanner. He hears a report of a detonation. Um, so he also begins making chase. Um, there is a brief pursuit uh, pursuit and then a full-ass fucking tree falls into the road, flipping the convertible onto its side, but flinging Hawk onto the road, rolling him. And it's uh, the, pretty the, gnarly. Uh, like, the, the way that they, like, animate him, like, sliding on the ground and bouncing off the guardrail is very well observed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, physically. Uh, like, it looks really good. And it's like, ooh, that must have hurt. And I, I guess 
we'll find out if it did. <laughs> yeah. So, Goemon reveals himself by hopping out of the forest, having, you know, just sliced down a massive tree to stun the biker. But despite that gnarly landing, Hawk just stands up no worse for wear, not even scrapes. The, my favorite part of this is I know we mention Lupin's power is running on cartoon logic. Hawk's power is running on more cartoon logic because his yeah. shirts don't even take a scuff. I don't know. I you feel like even... his power is just being an action hero. He's just like superhumanly durable. But like John Rambo's shirt rips. <laughs> it's true. It's That's kind of fair. a notable thing about him is that he, his shirt isn't on. In the very end of this, after everything that happens to him in the final battle, he's still wearing that red shirt and those jeans. It's painted on, that's why. <laughs> I, you know, I can't think of anything that counteracts that. I mean, except for, you know, his dong flopping around. That would have been pretty obvious if it was just painted. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's tucked. Maybe he got a gaff. All right, maybe, maybe. You know, you know head cannon. Head yeah, cannon. There we go. <laughs> Uh, that's that's the one thing he lost in Bermuda, his dong. <laughs> oh, oof. Uh, but despite <sighs> the very gnarly landing, Hawk just stands up no worse for wear, and when Goemon announces his intent to avenge the mob boss, Hawk seems pained by the mention of vengeance. This comes to nothing. <laughs> the two duel, but Hawk simply catches his sword and begins smashing at the samurai with the back of his axes. This is impressively done because yeah it is he is bashing on the hilt of the blade which shatters it like it starts disassembling under the force mm -hmm. and then he starts knocking into goemon and he flings him backwards into the felled tree with the force of this blow and at mm -hmm. this point, non-interference and a duel be damned, Jigen and Lupin drop down to help their ally. So as Hawk approaches, uh, only claiming that Jigen, Lupin, and Fujiko need to die, uh, Zenigata pulls up and attempts to arrest Hawk. And it's one of those, this is where there's the cartoon moment of Hawk turns around and then he looks back and they're gone. Uh, so he then just, you know, in a complete surprise move, raises his hand and kneels down, saying that he can't fight the sleep. And Zenigata just is, is completely surprised by this, but then he just goes ahead and cuffs him and puts him in the back of his car. Uh, elsewhere, the thieves regroup under a tree. Uh, the targets are all grousing about having been saved by Zenigata, of all people. But Goemon is completely broken just kind of like shuffling off into the night shedding his coat barely holding on to the blade which is still fine the blade itself is still okay mm -hmm. uh but the other pieces of the sword fall to the ground and we get the um title card for the end of part one uh this one just jumps right into the next bit uh there's no like uh fake credits roll or anything uh, we immediately start part two with Hawk waking up in prison. Yep. And then uh, after that, we cut to Zenigawa being reprimanded immediately for disobeying orders. 
um, being told that Hawk isn't even supposed to exist, much less be captured. Um, I do not know what this means, and I'm not asking. You have 12 hours to let him out. Um, Zenigawa uh, stands in silence before responding curtly and leaving. Um, Meanwhile, in prison, there's a pounding on one of the steel doors. A guard walks over to club the door to try to, you know, quiet him down. Um, And then the door kind of just smashes over and pulps the man as Hawk beats it down, like blood splatter and everything. Yeah, I fucking I fucking went like, oh, shit, out loud. (laughs) The second that the splatter happens, he just gets pancaked. Yeah. Yeah. Part two turn turns up the the gore, the gore dial to 11. Uh Yes. Um, Now, having the keys, um, Hawk makes his way out of the building, taking time to retrieve his axes, by the way. Um, also to note, he does have, like, the quick-release, like, axe holder thing. Yes. I don't know what you would call it. He's got axe holsters on his <laughs> side. Yeah, just one <laughs> yes, snap. Yes, he does. It's real sick. Um, and then he hotwires a uh, police bike. Um, Zenigawa leaves his ass-chewing in time to hear of the jailbreak, and all the men in pursuit are on a highway chase. So this scene is, again, just like the last time. We get a very good chase scene from these animators in the middle. It's sort of hard to describe. Yeah, a bunch of cars following after him. And the big turning point is when the biker cleaves through a gravel truck with one axe as he just passes (laughs) it by. Uh And it topples in the road to block most of the cops. But Zenigata, who came from the other side of the highway, flips his car around in a U-turn on this mountain road, shooting out the tires on the bike and sending Hawk flying through a fence to the sea below. That was also the second part where I laughed so hard at the animation of him going over the fence here because it's (laughs) it is like three frames of animation. Like it's really under rendered, whereas everything else in this has been super rendered. It's incredibly fun. It's like a Bugs Bunny. You expect there's going to be a hawk-shaped hole in the fence. No, or or in the rocks below. Yeah. But yeah, we we look down and see that uh, Bike and Biker both have landed on some rocks near the sea, where Hawk relocates his dislocated shoulder and just stares up at the inspector, flashing his steel teeth in a grin before walking away slow as ever. (laughs) <laughs> Zenikata's response to this is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the face he makes is great. Uh, we cut to a brief montage of Goemon reassembling his sword with some wood at a shrine. Uh, so it, it looks less like, you know, the very fancy scabbard and stuff. And now it looks like the very simple wooden scabbard and, and handle, like no no cross hilt or anything. Mm-hmm. Is this the is this the sword that Goemon has in like Lupin proper then? Is, is this how this happened? Eh, don't think too hard about it. They can just change it up anytime they need something cool. Okay. The blade is really the only part of it that's uh, supernatural. Mm. Gotcha. I just mm. couldn't recall if, like, in TV in TV series proper, if this is the style of uh, hilt and stuff that Goemon has. I have seen it drawn so many different ways across seven different series. That's fair. I've been watching some of the older stuff since I subscribed to High Dive over the break, and yeah, yeah, there's some there's some things. 
Mm. I just got to the Phantom Thief Rat Boy appears, and that caused me to make a stupid Simpsons Persona shitpost. I, I did see that. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, uh, hold on. I probably have this <laughs> on my hard drive. Also, apparently, just Googling Goemon Lupin, it does seem that the wooden, like, uh, basic style seems to be closer to the generic uh, Goemon blade. Uh, so the others are watching him uh, from the shore, like, and Fujiko's just really done with his shit. Uh, he's just like, like, what is it about men that you have to be so, like, do stupid shit like this? <laughs> and Lupin's like, yeah, yeah. No, at um, first he's going, no, oh, wait, watch, this is going to be sick. Oh, right, because he's, okay, 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 yes. So let me let me set up the scene. So Goemon is sitting on a rock pillar that's sticking out in the middle of the ocean in a way that makes no sense. But he's just waiting there, and he's been waiting there for, like, at least six hours. Mm-hmm. And then, all of a sudden, a massive shark leaps up at him, and... It looks like he's posed to cut it in half, but instead we see a like an enormous ghost image of Hawk catching the blade uh, from Goemon, and basically the shark representing that that thing. And Goemon hesitates, and the shark ends up drawing a really wide wound across his back. And uh, like Fujiko is just like. Nah, fuck this. And uh, Jigen and Lupin discuss like uh, what they basically say. Like she's like, "Yeah, this is this is the just stupid man shit." And she's like, "Yeah, I guess that's part of being a man is doing dumb shit, huh?" And, they do uh, both agree. It's great. Yeah, and then I, I guess she just leaves the country at this point. Like she's just <laughs> gone. Yeah, she's the only one who thinks. Maybe we shouldn't hang around for this. Yeah, even though she's a target now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she 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 knows that uh, the heat is on a little too much, and uh, they're really after Goemon uh, and Lupin. So I, I they, they could they could fuck off. She could fuck off, and it'd be fine. Because I don't think anybody in the Steel Dragons knows that she was there. I don't know if they know she's there, but they do throw around Lupin's name. So I figure that she might be in there as part of the crew. Well, and then also uh, Hawk saw her with him, you know, smoke with the bong and all that. Yeah. But Hawk's not working with the dragons. That's true. That's true. Hawk is working with some third party, whoever hired uh, gun Bioshock man from the first one. Yep. Is it the same person? Uh, The guy at the very end of... Oh, that dude. Yeah, the little imp who's behind the monitors yeah. is implied to be the one who hired them. Oh, I didn't see that in um in the second. Because like, I watched them out of order, right? Yes. So I saw the second one first, and I thought that uh, I don't remember seeing that guy in the second There's, movie. It was, like an, it was in like an after credits thing in the first one. So if you stopped at the credits. No, I did see it. I did catch that. Yeah, he's okay. not he's not in this uh, second one at all. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of heat, uh, the next wave of Goemon retraining is sitting between a trio of bonfires, um, still feeling the phantom blows of his last battle, presumably. That or like I read it as him just like training to understand the movements of his enemy or whatever. 
Well, um, he's sitting between three bonfires that are so hot, Jigen and Lupin have to keep their distance, and we see the flames licking at them over and over, and then shadows of Hawk over those flames striking out. I saw it as, like, like training in a way to mimic what my enemy was doing, then past wounds, but I can see it either way. Speaking of said training, um, next is forcing himself to endure the bottom of a waterfall, and then rather than to slice the log falling towards him, he just lets it hit him, just like dead on. Yep. It doesn't look like it connects. It looks like he, like, it, like, knocks him away, but, it, like, because otherwise it would just flatten him and he'd be dead. <laughs> I think Jigen's comment here is, is he trying to find the world's most convoluted suicide? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um. So after three days of this, uh, his wounds are severe. He's become uh, not from hunger and thirst. Um, and his hands are so bloody to the point where he cannot hold his sheathed sword reliably. This is the pair's breaking point, as they cannot bear to see him suffer further, and they just kind of go to leave him alone in his masochistic meditation. Um, sorry, as rain comes down on the samurai, the thief and gunslinger catch a ride from the next car who comes by, which of course is Zenagawa. Um... A thief and cop uh, compare notes before Lupin gets a little too smart mouth and catches a fist to the face through the fencing of the police car. <laughs> we then cut back to Goemon, who is now wandering aimlessly. Uh, I don't think we made mention of it earlier, but the giant wound he got from the shark on his back looks pretty infected by this point. It really does. It's like deep purple. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. So was that was that from the shark? I read that as like the wound opening from when he got messed no, up by Hawk. Hawk didn't Hawk didn't hit him on the back. That's a cut because it goes um, through his robe. Right, but it looked like something happened to his shoulder with like a cut there when he had the thing with Hawk. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. But that, uh, that's how I read it. It was the shoulder was a, happens in the final battle. Gotcha. Yeah, he, he takes a giant blow across his back from the shark, and we know that one's not just metaphysical because it does cut the robe. Gotcha, okay. So yeah, his, uh, his wandering takes him to the feet of the steel dragons, who have come to hunt him with his time all past. He meekly accepts the proclamation of his death, rolling over under some initial blows, before primal memory sparks in his body in an animation that isn't going to be explained for two scenes. <laughs> yeah. He slides down into a ready stance and has visions of the men drawing weapons and asks once that they let him pass and nobody need lose their lives today. But the lieutenants decide they're going to put this snippy samurai in his place like they've wanted to all along. What follows is just about two minutes of swordplay against a variety of weapons. Big steel bar, chain sickle, guns, various types of tanto and knife, a bat. A lot of lopped off hands. A variety of weapons as he cleaves his way through every single person that attacks him, no matter the object, up to and including the young boss. When he reaches the new chairman... He shows mercy, 
simply standing still as a bullet goes wide, and in one move slices through his gun and the front of the man's hair. Defeated but no longer defiant, the boss sinks to his knees, and Goemon spares him and him alone. I think he gets tagged in the ear by the bullet, too, and, like, doesn't flinch. We return then to Zenigata's car, which is stopped in the road by a massive rock slide, and the inspector can see upon approaching that whatever caused this was definitely not just the weather, and the thieves ready themselves, uh, even though they're still trapped in the back of the car. Then Hawk out of nowhere smashes onto the roof and begins hacking at it with his axes out, just one after the other, just slamming down the middle of this uh, cop car. Uh, Zenigata fires two shots directly at the man who's facing away, but he does like a sick, like reflect from behind and sends them back into uh, Zenigata's leg, which should probably cause him to bleed out, but uh, doesn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, yeah. the thieves uh, then kick their way out of the shattered side windows and Jigen grabs their weapons on their way out. Uh, Zenigata is then left alone as Hawk pursues slowly when the men run down the hill. Two careful gunshots later, uh, the chain connecting the cuffs are shattered and uh, the pair of thieves run into the woods. Um, They end up taking refuge at a shrine and they think they lost him before Hawk bats one of the shrine lanterns through a wall into them. Um, Lupin now just has a wooden stake impaled through his forearm for the rest of the OVA, and uh, Jigen's head is split open. Um, Goemon walks out to stop uh, Hawk's pursuit of the two men. Um, The first strike goes the same. Um, Hawk holds his blade, but Goemon uses it for leverage, swinging his body to kick the lumberjack in the face. A axe handle um, bats the samurai onto the roof of the temple with the next strike. Um, Lupin and Jigen are providing color commentary to this fight, such as responding to Hawk's next move as chopping the entire structure of the temple down with that's just overkill and no shit. Um, The entire building collapses um, is gorgeously animated and it leaves only the golden statues um, erect in the grounds amidst the rumble. Um, the entire backdrop of this final fight is basically a Street Fighter and Boss Arena. If you've ever seen M. Bison's Temple, that's kind of where we're at. Mm-hmm. So, Goemon's wounds have gotten gnarlier here. Uh, his infected back is visible through the torn robes, but now a massive patch of his shoulder has been grated off, and you can see muscle beneath. He still gets into a ready position as an unscathed hawk emerges from the rubble, and Lupin begins doing the smug, Oh, now I get it, speech. All of Goemon's training, which we can now tell from the very bizarre animation before the Steel Dragon Slaughter, was to reduce the input lag his brain-to-body connection had. He's operating on gamer vision now. High frame rate. (laughs) Uh... And we also see his initial strike, testing or not, did Nick Hawk's hand. The lumberjack legit delivers the Nelson Muntz, you made me bleed my own blood line here. The two men charged each other in their final fight. Goemon's first defensive parry slices an axe head in two. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
the next attack, however, is a lot more brutal, showing us that the axe carved another chunk out of the samurai's second shoulder and arm. And as Hawk laughs, we see the aftermath, which is the arm that just swung down has been severed above the elbow. And Lupin says uh, he finally achieved it. The divine eye, a state of seeing the unseeable. And Giga says, so what do you think he saw? And Lupin says, beats me. I'm not the one who figured it out. <laughs> the two men then face each other down, uh, Hawk retrieving his working axe from the ground, and he prepares to charge, and Goemon flicks his blade open at the ready. The lumberjack charges in, and a, sw- and a few swift parries later, um, axe has been stopped, and Hawk's head is severed in one clean strike blood spring uh the temple grounds and then we see hawk grasping at his neck in a scream of fear uh the entire duel was carried out between the two men's stare down um mm-hmm. hawk lights a cigar which is impressive only having a single arm now and stares over at lupin claiming that the thief has a worthy bodyguard jigen's like what what do you say and lupin's like uh he won't be making us into fertilizer our last scene is going on lighting incense and praying for all the men he killed this day. The thieves thank him, saying they owe him their lives. Goemon thanks them for staying out of the duel. Jigen's like, yeah, if that hadn't gone how this went, what was your plan? And Lupin's just like, I probably would have ended Goemon's life peacefully with a bullet before I went. It's kind of a mercy. But in all the commotion, Zenigata has finally caught up to the men. It looks like an easy capture for the cop, but Goemon stands before him. He says this is his way of repaying the pair, and the thieves leave. Zenigata clearly doesn't want to fight the man, but he draws his weapon anyway. The last thing we hear is Goemon, you had best come at me with intent to kill. And the OVA ends with Zenigata firing, only for an electric blue slash to light the screen and destroy the round. This time we get credits on an ending theme, Satori by the trio of Iwasaki Takumi, James Samoji, and Rob Laufer. No stinger. What'd y'all think? <clears throat> this rule. Yeah, this was sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's just, it's very much a genre film. It's extremely well styled. Uh, you know, obviously the action is really good. The, the one thing I'd say is the gore is a bit much at times. Like, it's not, like, the worst. But, like, the second I saw, like, exposed muscle on, like, Goemon's arms, I'm like, you would not be able to swing shit like that. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, Lupin hanging out, just being all chill with a fucking spike through his forearm. That just like, got harder to watch the longer I know. he had it in his arm. Yeah, it's, it's like, still right in the final scene. I know he tried to pull it out. It was like, nope, that ain't happening. And he's just hanging out with it like that. And I was like, oh, boy. Uh, the thing that I would like if is that if as these movies go on, that those scars like persisted um, just to like, you know, show that like, oh, yeah, these guys get fucked up. But, you know, they bounce back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is the scene where the three of them, you know, Lupin, Jigen and Fujiko are just hanging out, getting wasted with the pile of money and just palling around. Like, that was the vibe I was missing from the end of the series. 
Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of like they're hanging out, they have a rapport, they kind of like each other's company. They're kind of in cahoots and kind of not. Uh, like that was the vibe I was completely missing from uh, like the woman called Fujiko Mine. And I, I liked seeing it here, even if it was brief. Um, and like the, the axe guy is interesting. The, the funniest thing about this, though, to me is that now in this movie and the previous movie, both of them ended with the big bad getting his arm fucked up and then be like, now nah, let's not kill him. Let's just walk away. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Actually, yeah, I hadn't realized that until now. Yeah, that's they true. They literally did the same thing again. <laughs> hmm. uh, they really should have killed the sniper dude, though. That guy was fucked up. Did you see that fucking golem thing he made? To be fair, he <laughs> uh, might Yeah, have, I was there. He might have died. I hope so. Bullet in his arm? A lot of bullet boss. in his arm, plus, you know, multiple other wounds by that point. Uh, he did get shot a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, the fact that he's just like, oh, no, he's done. And it's like, but dude, dude, the murder gimp, dude. (laughs) I don't know if they knew he made it. We only hear that discussed by the uh, golden faced man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. No, if that's Uh, the case, I think Fujiko would have put a stiletto in his throat. Actually, she should have. She totally should have. That would have been great. That would have been a great stinger. Hell, we don't know she didn't. She kind of left town. Yeah, no, this this one I feel like is an unqualified win. I think this one's great. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the beats and you know, it's going to happen, but it's so well done and so stylish um, that like, you know, music's also great. Uh, mm-hmm. it, the, the only thing that this doesn't have that the other ones that the series had is the psychedelia um, touches, which is the stuff I also really like from the series. But yeah, no, this one ruled. I agree. This was sick. Like, and I don't even particularly care for Goemon as a character, you know, like he's fine, but he's just an archetype like Lupin is like, you know, he's really funny here. And he's like, you know, he's got a ton of charisma. Jigen's got a ton of charisma. Um, yeah, he does. that's. <laughs> yeah, like th- this is where I'm like, OK, I can see why people like this series is that it's if it's got this vibe a lot of the time and it's less. There's less goofy shenanigans, but there's a little bit of it. And like mm-hmm. just enough to give it some flavor. The color commentary in the final battle. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing that gets me. This one, just like the last one, just like the next one, is split into two parts, probably so they could re-air it on television or get some extra use out of it at some point. Yeah. The gore does not show up at all until the second one. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that okay, is weird. the 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 guy did get his face bashed in by a giant rod, though. But uh, we, the, I think the, we the basically Yakuza just guy. see like a nosebleed off of that. Yeah, we don't see a lot of the. It would have been way messier. Uh, oh yeah, IRL. he would have been pulled. Yeah, and we see a couple guys get choked out, but yeah, you don't see a lot of blood splatter until the second. I mean, granted. The name of the movie is Goemon's Blood Spray. Yeah. And yet, not until the guy gets pulped in the prison do you really see any of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it was such an oh fuck moment. Yeah. And like, we we cannot stress enough. I'm not making it the episode art. The, a man just bursts like a grape. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a lot. 
It's and in the like, first 30 seconds of part two. And Hawk just goes, uh, and just walks away. Like, he doesn't say anything about it. He just, like, brushes himself off. Yeah. I, I do like that the, you know, the one bit that would have been a little bit silly is when you see Hawk get decapitated and there's the blood spray like it's Senjuro or something. And then it just cuts to be like, oh, yeah, that didn't actually happen. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is a little bit much, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It It is very funny, especially directly after he is just savaged about 70 men and destroyed an entire Yakuza. Yeah. By the way, if, if no one has watched it, there's uh, some like a commentary, like a little film about the duel at the end of Senjuro uh, that first of all, you should watch that movie. It's great. But also yeah. uh, you should watch that documentary about it because there's a lot that the, the fact that it was like the way it was filmed and like what people knew about the scene going into it was uh, made it like even cooler. Uh, in retrospect. So, uh, Kurosawa anyway. was very good about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts, Garrett? Uh, no, I think Matt covered everything. It's real good. Um, There's a lot of <laughs> yeah. just like, this is what I expect Bloopin to kind of be with like everybody just hanging out, getting high and drunk. Uh, that feels more in my mind what like initially Lupin stuff is. Ah, it looked real pretty. It was real good. Yeah. And like Fujiko comes out of it not looking terrible. <laughs> like she Yeah. She succeeds and then she gets the fuck out. And that's all you need to know. Like she doesn't she doesn't get undressed. She doesn't get uh menaced in any way. Uh she, you know she doesn't even yeah. have to seduce anyone that we see, which I mean, I guess whatever. She um, she thieves better than Lupin. Kind of just goes with the flow to split it even because it's a shit ton of money. Messes with Jigen by making noises and then nopes out when things get bad. Yeah. And that's like what I imagine more of Fujiko being like moment to moment rather than just constantly getting herself into way too much trouble. Yeah. They, this seems like, yeah, this, this has been like the best of like, this is what I think Fujiko should be more like. Yeah. But it, she could have used more screen time here though. Like she is kind that's of just fair. a side character and it's really a, a, like Jigen and Lupin are there the whole time. Right. I'm curious and worried about how the last one will, will play out because so far it's been like OVA uh -huh. focuses on person. Person is shown that they're not the best at the thing they are good at. They train to become good at the thing they were good at. They are now good at the thing again. What will this be for Fujiko? Have you ever read Dune? No. Yes. Do you know what an honored matra is? No. Mm. <laughs> the noise Matt made should tell you so much. But no, that has nothing to do with the final <laughs> uh, the final one of what? the trio of OVAs, Fujiko's I line. don't believe you. <laughs> is this Sybil's lie? <laughs> Fujiko's lie. I promise... It will Honored not have matron. Doom. Oh, don't. oh, this should be good. Don't don't do it. Ah. It's sad. It's not good. How far do I need to like read down this? Oh, wait, no. The sexual hmm? harassment was in. Oh, sexual enslavement's in quotes here, so that's not good. <laughs> All right, yeah, this is. Yeah, 
probably yeah bad. yeah it's a it's sci-fi from the 60s and 70s it's a little dire at yeah. times yeah, I have to say, like, the one thing that makes Dune, the original Dune show, it's aged the most. It's like, oh, so the bad guy is a uh, rapist pedophile. Huh, I guess we really are supposed to hate him. <laughs> oh, and also queer. Also queer. I was going to say, the Harkonnens are just the debaucherous Roman emperor taken to 11. That is definitely the, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely accurate. Oh, boy. Ah. <sighs> So yeah, with that, any plugs from you two? Garrett. Garrett? Oh, sorry. I was busy uh, reading this bad Dune lore. <laughs> Can't, I still want to uh, finish the original trilogy. I have all the books. Um, anyway. I, I talk about uh, Common Rider sometimes on journeythroughthedeckcast.com with some other friends. Uh, what do you do, Matt? uh okay uh i host other podcasts on this network uh there's the premium version of boca no stop we are literally going to be recording the end of death note in like two weeks and it's going to be wild and then we're gonna cover the japanese movies and then maybe the english movie for fun if ryan wants to jump on (laughs) um other than that, Lightning Strikes Thrice, that's our JRPG Games Club podcast. I swear it's going to start going up again soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're covering Final Fantasy VIII, and uh, we're about halfway-ish through. Uh, and that's uh, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, then I'm definitely taking a break for whatever it is we're playing next. I forget what. But uh, we probably won't be starting that until probably April anyway, uh, given the way things are going. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Look at Mr. I fuck over here with his kid. I mean, look, look, just shit happens. Shit happens. A great way to describe your first child, Matt Marcus. <laughs> have you, have, I mean, you've taken care of a baby, right? There's a lot of shit. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> I was no, dealing baby, baby. with one yesterday. <laughs> My condolences. Uh, baby's great. Baby's doing good. She's awesome. Uh, but yeah, not not very uh podcast conducive. No, I would absolutely not bring my nephew anywhere near this mic. God, yeah. (gasps) Anyway, yeah, listen to those. They're good. Also, I write manga reviews on Okazu every now and then for Yuri Manga. Uh, next one will probably be my next review will probably come in early February. Nice. Yeah. And I'm a pervert. You can find at hellscaper.com writing and podcasting about a variety of things. That's all for now, and we'll be back in two weeks with the final of this trio of OVAs, Fujiko's Lie. I hope you like the thought of Fujiko watching children. That went so well in Prison of Love, huh? Mm hmm. <laughs> it's okay. This one's younger. Great. <laughs> See ya. Ah, peace. Bye.